We're back uh, with another EG like Sunday morning, having taken last week off uh, in order not to distract from the King's celebrations. Uh, congratulations, Your Majesty, if you're listening. Um, but we have EG royalty of our very own joining me today. Uh, welcome stately deputy editor Tim Burke and the very regal officers reporter Shante Bahitage, both of whom would look fantastic in a crown. Uh, how are you both doing this week? Better for that. Thank you. Absolutely. What a picture. Uh, and uh, how did you how did you spend the coronation weekend if you can cast your mind back that far an entire week what did you do i had a very nice relaxing weekend at home uh which was much needed the weather was nice got to enjoy that a little bit we did have a i'm reluctant to say street party uh as where i live we kind of have a green outside of our house where all of the Mm. neighbors convened um which was quite nice sat out and had some drinks on the nice sunny Sunday which was lovely um so yeah just taking it in taking in the moment we had the coronation on and my littlest one made himself a a little crown out of some paper it was quite sweet really but uh, to be honest I started tuning it out before the actual um crowning event happened I just sort of wandered off I think uh, the highlight of, of last weekend for you, Tim, was the, the same as for me, because we, we both uh, independently went and enjoyed the same film at the cinema, I believe. Um, I, I, listen, I've been telling people that I think <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is possibly my favourite Marvel movie ever. And that feels ridiculous to say, but I think I don't think I'm wrong. I think that's how I feel. It's a statement I mean, and a half. It so kept... Okay. As I was watching it, I was thinking, crikey, this is, I'm enjoying this more than I enjoyed No Way Home. And then I thought, am I enjoying this more than like the the Infinity War and Endgame stuff? And by the end of it, I just thought, I thought it was perfect. I loved it. Absolutely loved yeah. it. Laughed and cried. Didn't cheer, but, you know, all that good stuff. Well, you're, you're not American, so, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty good going. It's something like 30, 30 odd films in, I think. Uh, so for, for, for that to be your favourite is, is not a bad not a bad uh, outcome. Loved it. It was awesome. Good. Go and watch it. But uh, grab a hanky for some of the, the, the animal <laughs> scenes. Um, OK, uh, shall we get the this week's bad news out of the way first and then try and build the mood from there? Um, Tim, uh, you've been assessing uh, what is a little bit of a bleak outlook for the market for what seems like the rest of 2023. Yes, it is. Welcome to another welcome to another agency earnings season. Um, so all of the big US headquartered agencies have now reported their first quarter numbers for this year. And there are there are some pretty rough sets of figures there. Most of them made a loss and all of them, even if they had some more resilient business lines, all of them saw the revenue that they make from capital markets work so that the money they bring in from advising on investment um, acquisitions and sales just fall off a cliff. And that's not really a surprise. We've seen that for a few quarters now and everyone's known that it, that it's going to be really tough going getting those deals back on track. But what was really apparent in um, in these sets of figures was just how far away the recovery now seems to be. So at CBRE, they've changed their consensus from um, a second half recovery this year, which I think we probably talked about on this this podcast before. People thought we'd see a, a corner start to be turned before the end of the year. CBRE is now saying they don't think we're going to see any signs of upturn until, um, until 2024. 
colliers said similar. They said things have got so difficult in the funding markets and with the um, and with buyers and sellers working out what what prices now need to be for assets that they think there's going to be a slump in deals right through until um, until the end of this year. So it felt even more so than than over the last couple of quarters when people were talking about tough times ahead for deal makers. It suddenly feels um, it suddenly feels really gloomy. Like we're now looking at, at quite a downturn for for the rest of this year. Um, quote quote for earnings season goes to. Jay Hennick, as it often does, actually, because he's always brilliant on the analyst calls. Jay Hennick, who's the CEO at Colliers, who, um, when asked about the market downturn, said, we all read the paper. This is crystal clear. I hate to say it, but any moron should know that this is what happens out there. Resi resign to a tough 2023, I think. Uh, yes, but uh, I suppose um, opportunity exists for anyone who does happen to have uh, money to to play with. I, I suppose that's the the other way of looking at it. It does, but um, but you've got to get both sides yeah. of that deal on the same page. And I think in a mm -hmm. lot of cases they're still not there. All of all of these all of the agency bosses will always talk about um, how much quote unquote dry powder there is, and it, that that's the kind of that, that's mm -hmm. the looking on the bright side, right? There's money out there to do these deals. Problem is no one's doing the deals, or a couple of people are doing the deals. So from that background, um, let's let's try and let's try and bring things up a bit. I, I think I suspect we'll bring things up even <laughs> further towards the end of this podcast when we when we get to your inevitable playlist su uh, suggestions for this week. But uh, yeah, let's let's try for some rays of hope. And, and Shante, um, when I hear the name Clockwise, uh, I think of the classic 1986 comedy starring John Cleese as a hapless headmaster. But I'm going to I'm going to take a guess that you that it probably means a something different to you. Um, perhaps as a hapless what? What was the what was a the headmaster? Uh, he's a, he plays a headmaster. He's a, he's a very he's a ruthlessly ruthlessly punctual headmaster uh, trying to get to a conference and everything goes catastrophically wrong uh, for him on this this day. To uh, to hilarious effect, I believe is the uh, the phrase that, uh, that, that apply in these situations. But I'm guessing Shanti does mean fun. yeah. It's it, I'm uh, you know. Dig it out. Sorry, I'll stop, talking about, the John, I'll stop uh, talking about the John Cleese film. This isn't where this was meant to be. Available now at your local video store, <laughs> if indeed uh, it still exists, Tim. Um, possibly in one of those uh, charity shops you go digging for CDs in, you might find an old copy of Clockwise. Good so, yeah. um, so Shante, perhaps for you it means a, a flex office operator looking to um, yes. ramp up its European expansion? It does. So, um, so for me, yeah, Clockwise is a, is a flex provider. So they're planning to sort of turbocharge um, their European expansion with plans to add 50,000 square foot of space in the UK and 250,000 square foot across the continent. So next month, Clockwise is going to open new locations in the Netherlands and Germany. And then it's got another site in Antwerp coming later this year. Um, and really, its expansion kind of parallels that of its parent company so it's actually owned by Castle Forge mm. uh, which has been on a very upward trajectory and converting part of its buildings into clockwise space um, over the last few months uh, we're talking about them of course buying Winchester House um, earlier this year for 257 million um, and so that was quite a big landmark moment for them uh, 
but yeah so clockwise wise I mean I sat down with uh, their COO Alexandra Lipsy and we kind of discussed the company's expansion strategy which is very much centered around the hotelification of the office uh, which is absolutely a buzzword in the industry at the moment I think everybody's talking about it not just in the flex space also in the traditional lease space mm. um, and Alex has a background in hospitality so she was formerly COO of uh, a part hotel and native as well so she was very well placed to discuss that obviously and to bring that strategy into the flex space um, and we also talked about how covid has kind of let the genie out the bottle with regards to well-being and how occupiers now sort of woken up to their well-being needs in a space and how the industry is responding to that as well um, so she said you know None of us can kind of go into a space and collaborate for eight hours because we'd just be brain dead, which is obviously what flex space is quite often associated with is collaboration and having group workspaces and everything being very open. So, um, yeah, so I think she was really focused on how they can use data to make informed choices to create different zones in the space, whether it be through lighting or temperature or furnishings. And um, yeah, I'm really bringing that strategy across the portfolio going forwards. So um, we also kind of talked a bit about the owner operator model that they have going on with Castle Forge and how that gives them a certain level of flexibility that perhaps, you know, bigger public providers don't have in the sense that when they're acquiring a new site, they're then able to obviously get the operator in at the ground floor to be able to make you know, informed decisions. So yeah, it was really interesting overall as a conversation to, to sort of talk about a space from mm. acquisition to end point. Uh, and as well as uh, flex offices, you've 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 also um, had news this week of a pretty major meeting and events um, space uh, venue in this in the city. Yes, absolutely. So big news because Convene, who obviously we all know they're occupying space in 22 Bishopsgate, um, where Apple is, and they've signed to operate a new 45,000 square foot meeting and events venue at the Sandcroft in St Paul's. So again, another sort of landmark location. But the venue is going to feature a multifunctional meeting room with space for 900 people. So that's actually going to be the largest above ground room of its kind in the city of London. Um, but as part of the deal, it was interesting. They also had a management agreement going on, um, which said they were going to operate and design the tenant facilities in the building, which is owned by Greycoat and Mitsui Fudasan. So Convene will also be running the reception as well. So they've got a few things going on in that one space, but, you know, a few different things they're trying to juggle. But it'd be interesting to see what that looks like when it's done. And obviously that follows um, their acquisition of ETC venues in a 200 million deal earlier this year okay so there are there, there are a people 900 a 900 person meeting i feel like i've sat through a few of those this place i mean it, 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 right, that, okay. it, it, that's a concert isn't it really it's it's not, it's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a meeting at that point crikey <laughs> no. yeah yeah so that'd be fun to look around once it's all finished maybe Absolutely. we can have our next company event there who knows that's quite a good idea <laughs> yeah I've been assured the food is excellent. I've yet to try it. I've been to convene space in 22 Bishopsgate and I've been told the food is incredible. But they didn't but give you any at the time. They just said, oh, you'll have to take our word for this. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Those times. So next hey. time I've been promised a sample of the food. I've been through the kitchen, but never actually managed to eat any of the food. 
You didn't. You didn't dip That's your not, come on, dip your finger in a saucepan. Or... Come on. <laughs> no, but it looks really great. It looks really, really good. So it'll be interesting well, to see. No, the whole space. I mean, we're still on the food, but yeah, yeah. the whole space. <laughs> yes, I'm still on the food, very much. <laughs> very food yeah, for, so food for 900 people is quite, quite a, quite an operation would be required. To yeah, it's provide. pretty hefty. Yeah, you're not going to get your steak cooked the way you like it there, are you? It's just there's one option. <laughs> um, and. Uh, in this week's EG interview, Tim, uh, you were talking to the Art Invest team um, about its uh, Canada Waters plans. And I, I gather this arose out of a, a site visit that you you both made together. Yeah, this was really fun. We both headed down there. Craig, it was a few weeks ago now, wasn't it? Um, I always think what Art Invest is doing here is really interesting because when you when you mention Canada Water to people, they immediately think of what British land is doing there with the Masti plan and and rightly so because British land have got sort of 50 plus um, 50 plus acres um, they had the print works there so it's always that's always gathered a lot of attention um, but um, but Art Invest have got this really interesting albeit much smaller chunk of that site so it's about it's about five acres um, by comparison but it was a site that they bought from Notting Hill Genesis only a few years back now and was um, was approved for a residential scheme that Art Investors now junked and is instead working on three big office blocks that will sit right by the dock and just on the edge of, of the mixed use BL scheme. The three buildings are currently named, you would have had this in the quiz if we were doing it, <laughs> named after their shape. Shante, can you remember? the names of the three buildings what <laughs> what are they being termed at the moment due to their shapes this is like an episode of play school it really is remember <laughs> she definitely read this because she was just talking about how enjoyable it was definitely have i was there i was i was there for the real thing as well um <laughs> i have no idea the rock. the rock the rock not to be confused with Wayne johnson yep. <laughs> is it not is it um, shaped like him <laughs> is that, is that the shape like they made it after? <laughs> the rock, the twist, Ooh. and come on, you, you, it can't be three strikes and you're out. The cascade. Ooh. Listeners couldn't see the, the look of panic on your face as you realised that you've only got a single one of those. So anyway, we spoke what is, with, what is the cascade uh, shape like? Sorry, so I was talking over you. Say it again. Yeah, what, what is the cascade? What, what is what shape is it? Is the cascade? How, it's just like can you paint up the sort of paint a word picture cas- for us cascading no but there are cgis of it in this week's cg so you can go and have a look there okay. it's easy. it says a picture paints it that whatever yeah. um so we had a chat with ali abbas who is art invest head for the uk and uh, luca vukotic who is their head of development had a chat about um their conviction which some people of course might question uh, around the need for yet more uh central london office space um particularly at the scale that they're building it so there's one and a half million square feet across those three buildings uh talked about how they've been um sort of working with british land and guys like roger madelin and emma cariaga over there to make sure that what they're doing is nicely aligned with the bigger bl scheme how they're working with stakeholders like decathlon the sports equipment retailer um with whom they've uh they've set up uh, 200 million pound fund to support um, social and sporting initiatives in the area and their hopes for you you 
can never be too sure when these things are going to land in front of committee. But if um, everything goes according to plan, they could have the first couple of buildings in front of Southwark Council um, uh, within just a couple of months, ideally by by the summer, I think, if their if their plans are in place. So um, it feels it's interesting. Ali was telling us that um, you know he sees the site as the last King's Cross esque kind of regeneration um, mm. scheme that you can do in central London, and I think arguably. He's right. And it feels, doesn't it, when you come out of the station there, you're in a kind of construction zone you are. immediately and you you see the scale of what BL is doing. You see this site that Art Invest has. Um, it could all be changing. It could all be changing really rapidly. I mean, the amount of the amount of different bits of planning proposals that are landing in front of that council to change that sort of whatever it is between 50 and 60 acres in total um, is really is really something. And I think, yeah, the comparison with King's Cross um, probably isn't an exaggeration really and to your point about office space in central london let's ask the expert shante can there ever be too much <laughs> <laughs> uh if you ask me no because uh, i can talk about offices <laughs> till the cows come home and i think we're seeing it at the moment look the office is changing what people use the office for and how they view the office is changing the need is still there. It's just, you know, as we said, the the quantity is is up and down at the moment, but it, it will settle eventually. We'll come to a point where people, you know, realise exactly how much space they're going to need for people to come in and out of the office and things will will settle down. It's just a question of when. Um, I don't think the office is dying. I think that's a bit of a stretch to say it's, it, <laughs> it's dying, but yeah, we'll, we shall see. We'll have to keep our eyes peeled over the next few months and kind of see when the investment market kind of quiets a little bit, what impact that has on the occupational market. Uh, and so from our, our, our relatively bleak start, uh, I think we we, we we did quite well with, with various people uh, having things to shout about, things that they, they wanted to, to, to let us know about. And the best way, Tim, for people to shout about what they've going on is, of course, to enter uh, into the EG Awards. Uh, and uh, uh, we have a week left, I believe, for, for, for nominations to a, be submitted. You have got a week left. Deadline is May the 20th to get your submissions in. Um, more than 20 categories spanning advisors, sectors, um, various deal types. We've got our Outstanding Achievement Award. We've got our Rising Star Award. There is, there is something for everyone. If you look at that list of awards and you can't see one that you think you should win, then what have you been doing for the past year? Um, quite frankly, that's what I want to know. So uh, we can hopefully put a link to the submission page in the description of the um, of this podcast. And if you have a look at this week's magazine, we have got some of our past judges offering their advice on how to make your submission sing. So if you follow their guidelines and you've done some amazing deals between, I think it's last April and this March, then um, then you could be on your way to collecting the most esteemed prize in real estate got to be Absolutely. in it to win it though got to be in it to win it um now correct me if i'm wrong we, we, we haven't yet added uh best hip-hop track to our list of eg awards have we tim no we're going to do that at the drinks afterwards we're going to do that at the drinks afterwards so um that that means then we, we, we should still sort of concentrate on 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 that area uh with our eg like sunday morning playlist things so we, we've got you both uh that doesn't mean we get to add two tracks <laughs> to our certified bangers um, playlist. So um, 
What, uh, what kind of vibe are you going to go for for our listeners uh, this week? What, what are you going to treat them to this Sunday afternoon? Who's going first? Either way, I'm happy. You go first. Okay. I am going to go with, I've been debating this. I don't know what I'm going to go with today. I'm going to go with. You haven't been debating it with me. You've refused to tell me what you're thinking about. <laughs> She's been debating it internally for in a monologue. That's why. Uh, I am going to go with one of the songs that was, I think, was one of the first songs that we actually realised we had a shared love of. Go on. I know what. I know what. Yeah, I know what. I know what it's going to be, but I don't want to guess. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a no, tender moment. Do you want to make a guess, or do you want me to just? Common. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. You go for it. Common. Faithful from his 2005 B album. So that was one of the. Absolute jam. That was one of the. Yeah, it's, it's an absolute jam. It really is. It's kind of it's mellow. That was what you mentioned, it, and I was like, "How can you possibly know that song?" It's a great song. It's such a good song. It's it's just brilliant. I can't explain it. I feel like to explain it would be to just take away from some of the what a brilliant review. Beauty. So you have to you have to listen. <laughs> just listen to it, and you'll get it within yeah. the first few bars. That's that's what ended Shantae's music reviewing career and led her to a <laughs> to to to, to a real estate journalism instead. Anything I can explain will just not. It what did you review earlier in the office where you said it wasn't the best, but it wasn't the worst either? It was the most pathetic be, attempt at summarising anything. That was not what you said. One of the, one of the most famous lines out there. Right, right, Tim. Are you going to repay the compliment and, and come up with something else that has that has a real bonding element to it, or are you just going to go your own way? No, not at all. I'm going to go my own way. I, I'm, I'm doing some. I'm doing some proper banging hip hop because I'm a bit worried that we've gone too R and B on this playlist so far. Go too R and B. We have. It's already done. It's already done. <laughs> I am going with Rock and Roll by Pusha T, Kanye West, and King Cudi, which is just a really good, cocky, arrogant hip hop song. The kind that you just need to you just need to play every now and again to remind yourself that you're smashing it and you're where you're where you're meant to be and just give yourself a bit of attitude. It's got a brilliant, really clever Beyonce vocal sample in it. And Pusha T just sounds awesome. Pusha T is older than me, I discovered looking up, but he still sounds like he did in sort of the early 2000s. I discovered sort of de-aging, the de-aging magic. So rock and roll, Pusha T. Okay, well, uh, follow the link, check out the playlist. It sounds like uh, they'll uh, set you up uh, for a for a great uh, Sunday afternoon and really get you in the mood, pumping for a, a new week ahead. Too right. Where we all all suddenly have to get get used to a five day working week again uh, for a couple <laughs> of weeks until until we get another bank holiday. Um, so uh, until then, enjoy uh, the rest uh, of your weekend. Uh, you have been listening to EG like Sunday morning.